Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. It's so good to see you this morning. Take your Bibles and look with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Welcome to all of you online from around the world. What a wonderful, wonderful reach this church has. And uh, as I said, over the years I've been able to see how God has grown and expanded the reach of this church. And again, it is not over. You know that. It's just in the beginning stages. All of Alaska will be saved in Jesus' name. God will provide a witness to this state of His power, of His glory, and of His fire, and I'm looking at it. <laughs> God uses people. Say that with me. God uses He uses people. God don't just use dogs and moose. I mean, y'all got plenty of moose, but for crying out loud, God uses people. He wants you. He needs you. He needs you to be faithful to what He's called you to do. And we're so thankful that you are. As Pastor Kirsten said many years ago, many years ago, I wasn't married, had no kids. I didn't think I was going to get married. I was traveling the nation with my mother. I was much skinnier then, much better looking, much younger. Y'all better be careful because I know we've, we've been around this a lot. <laughs> he said, oh, he said, leave, leave us out of this. I've been knowing these folks a long time too. Now we're counting in the decades, right? I mean, it's decades, and uh, I, I, I preached for them. Mandy and I preached for them when they were in charge of Kauai many years ago. So, uh, so I've been around the block with, with KC, with Kings, not just here. I went, to, I went to Japan with Pastor Ann. I mean, my God help me. What was I thinking? <laughs> uh, memories, memories just started flooding back. But uh, when, I, when I first started ministering in Kings, Hannah was in a little tiny baby seat riding around in a 15-passenger van on Kauai. I mean, so you're, it, it, I've been here a long time. But when I first came, as I said, there wasn't 12 people in the room on the Sunday morning when I preached here. But I sensed the power of God. I sensed something. I, what I sensed was purpose. Somebody say Purpose purpose. Purpose is greater than destiny. Destiny denotes destination. Purpose means your call, your job on the way. We're all looking for the same destination. I'm going to heaven. And is anybody going with me? Anybody? That ain't everybody. So we'll give an altar call at the end. But uh, I'm going to heaven. Heaven is real and I'm going there. But while I'm on my way to my final destination, I have a purpose. And so do you. You have a call from God. You have something that God wants you to do. You have something that is specific, tailor-made for you to do in your life. People need to see your light shine. They need to experience the salt and the light of your life. Some, somebody get excited about that right there, that God has a plan, and that plan includes you. That plan includes me. You think about the 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 hugeness and the vastness of who God is, the infinite, the infinite God, and yet He can't keep you off His mind. We're special to Him because He purchased us by the blood of His own Son. So when I got finished preaching here, I sensed something. There wasn't many here, 
It's not that numbers move us. But I sensed something. I knew there was something deep that God wanted to do here. When I got finished with the service that morning, I walked right over here. About where that stain in the carpet is, right over there. I'm a pastor. Believe me, that don't bother me. We spend money to get carpets cleaned for one week. You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) I walked right across here. The phone rang. It was Pastor Daniel. I answered it. And he said, how did it go? I said, it was great. It's really good. But what they need in Alaska is somebody just like you. I had no idea it would be him. But I, and I, but I also didn't know there was anywhere else, anybody else on the earth just like him. So, right? You've met a lot of people. I've never met another one like Pastor Daniel. So I said, they need somebody here just like you. I went to Delta Junction and preached for a week and came back. And on the way back... Pastor Daniel asked me if I would come back to Kauai and cover for him. I went back and covered for him at the church on Kauai. He and the family came up. The next thing I know, they're moving. I said, Lord, Jesus, did I have something to do with a, par- with a family <laughs> leaving Hawaii to go to Alaska? They may never forgive me, or they may love me forever. I don't know. I don't, you know, because I'm going to let you in on a little secret, and that is Alaska. I've traveled around the world. Alaska is my favorite place in the world. I love, I love it in the wintertime. I love it in the summertime. I like it when the sun comes up at 10. I like it when the sun never sets. I, I, you know, I've been here for all of it. But God has a plan. And I, I, I sensed that morning as I ministered here, there's purpose, there's purpose, there's purpose. Deep purpose. Not very many people, but deep purpose here. And now you guys are getting to see it after these number of years. God is bringing that thing to pass. And I couldn't be happier. And thanks be unto God for sending all of you and whoever you are from around the world and wherever you're from to help hook up with what God is doing here. Thank God. So... I, I'm a revivalist. I, 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 one of my things is I study revival. I fully believe that if we do not see a great awakening in America, we're going to lose our nation. The answer's not in the White House. The answer's not in the White House. It, what, the answer was not in the White House when Trump was there. The answer's not in the White House as Biden is there. Well, I believe in a throne that's higher than any Supreme Court. I believe in a, I believe in a courtroom that's higher than anything on earth. Come on, Psalm chapter 2. I have set my king on the holy hill of Zion. I believe in that king. I believe in the throne of God. I believe that when we pray on earth, heaven moves. I believe something happens. Spurgeon said, hallelujah, I feel the anointing right there. Spurgeon said, Spurgeon said that it is faith-filled prayer that moves the slender muscle of omnipotence. God is omnipowerful. What moves the all-powerful hand of God? faith-filled prayer. That's why KC is a praying church. That's why early morning prayer is important. That's why, that's why you ought to be here. If you can't get here, get online. Do whatever you can to be a part of early morning prayer. Pull the load. Pull with the church. Don't be dead weight having to be pulled by the church. Add your amen, add your prayer, add your hallelujah, add your money, add your body to the service and get in there and push this thing forward in Jesus' name. Push it forward. Don't, don't, don't be weight. Be a puller of weight. Don't just weigh the thing down and have everybody pulling you. No, 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 no. Grow up. Those are Bible terms. 
Don't get mad at him. I'm here to preach the Bible to you. Those are Bible terms. Grow up that we may grow up in him in all things who is the head. Our job is to grow up. Our job is to have weight put up on our shoulders. When he li- Here we go. Notes. <laughs> Elijah anointed three men. Two of them go off, and we don't know what happened to them. There was a third man. His name was Elisha. Elisha followed Elijah. You're going to have miracles. You're going to have twice as many miracles. You're going to have a double portion of, of Elijah's spirit. But what happened was when Elijah died, when Elijah was taken away, this is what the Scripture says. Your Bible says that when the school of the prophets came to Elisha, they said this, Master, the place where we dwell with you is too narrow. Let us go down to the Jordan River that we may fell trees and build a bigger house. Elijah had a school of the prophets, but something happened when a double portion of the anointing came upon Elisha. The house where they were living in came too small. It might not even have been, it might not have even been a physical growing of the school of the prophets, but when the anointing came, the building felt too narrow because the anointing is a real thing. It is a real tangible thing. So here's what they said. Let's go down, let us go down to Jordan, and this is what your Bible says. It says this, and let us take from there every man a beam. That's how your Bible says it. Let us take from the Jordan River every man a beam. What are they saying? We become responsible for our area of expansion. Every man a beam. If you're going to expand the house, you can expand it here. I'll carry the weight. If you're going to expand here, you can put the weight on me. Every man becomes a beam that holds up the weight of the house. KC does not just depend upon a powerful pastor a personality in the platform. It's every person carrying their weight in prayer. It's every person showing up and doing their part. Every man, every woman becoming a beam by which the expansion of the building can and the weight of that building can be placed upon the shoulders of people that are saying, I'm not a freeloader. I'm not a, I'm not a hanger on. I'm not just a looky-loo that's coming by to see why the church is growing. I'm here for the duration. I'm going to grow where God has planted me. They that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. If you want to flourish, if you want to thrive, if you want to blossom, you got to get planted. You can't be a, a, every now and again a tender. You got to you got to latch on and say, "I'm going wherever this thing goes. I'm going wherever God takes." I'm going wherever God takes us. I'm going wherever God takes us. That's good preaching right there. If you don't know it, that's good preaching right there. That's worth the price of admission right there. I tell you right now. You don't, 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 don't just come around sucking and siphoning off the good stuff. Sink your teeth in and say when the going gets tough, I'll be here when the dust settles and the smoke clears. I'm still going to be right here where God planted me. When the shaking happens, and it will, because in order for God to give us more fruit, Jesus made us a promise. There will be a pruning. 
just quoting the Bible to you. Don't, 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 let, it, don't let it bother you, okay? Just, just the Bible. <laughs> the Bible gets in the way of so much good preaching. If you're going <laughs> to... If you're going to bear fruit, you're going to go through a pruning. But you have... Faith says yes before the question's ever asked. I'm going to talk about it tonight. We're going to talk about the spirit of faith tonight. You want to come back? Because there's... I was, I was in Kenneth Hagin's ministry for many years, eight years before he passed. The anointing that was upon Howard Carter was transferred into Lester Summerall. Lester Summerall transferred that spirit of faith into Brother Hagin. Brother Hagin would find me. If there were 20,000 people in an arena, he would lay hands on me. He would find me in that room and lay hands on me to impart the spirit of faith. Tonight I'll be doing that right here in this room. The spirit of faith. It's a real thing. It's a real powerful thing. But faith says yes before the question's ever asked. Why? Whatever your plan is, yes. My answer is yes. I don't, I don't want to be a rebellious child. I don't want to be a disobedient child. Whatever you're asking of me, my answer is yes. My answer is yes. My answer is yes. Well, you don't even know what the question is. It doesn't matter. If it comes from God, my answer is yes. Because every good and every perfect gift comes from above and comes down from the Father of lights of whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. Whatever you're, whatever you're asking, before you even ask it, I say yes. My answer is yes. When I preach in the old black church, can I say that? I mean, you know, when you preach in the old black church, they, yes, yes, and they got organs going. They're just saying yes. What are they saying yes to? They don't even know yet, but faith says yes before you ever find out what the question is. I don't know what God's going to ask me to do, but my answer is yes, and because my answer is yes, he'll anoint me, and he'll grace me, and he'll gift me, and he'll enable me to do whatever it is that he will ask me to do. Yes, my answer is yes. I don't know. I don't know where I'll end up next year, but I say yes to you, Lord. My answer is not going to be no to him. You redeemed my life from destruction. Why in the world would I ever say no to you? You redeemed my life from destruction. Why would I ever, why would I ever be reluctant to say yes? No, my answer is yes. Yes, Lord. Yes. Yes, Lord. So if you're here, be here. Get in. You can do it. You can do it. Takes commitment, but you can do it. Be faithful. There's nothing on the earth like the church. I didn't say this church. I said the church. There's nothing on earth like the church. You can go to Africa and hear them singing in Swahili, but if you have the Holy Ghost living on the inside of you because you're a child of God, you will recognize these are my brothers and sisters. You can go to Germany and hear them speaking in German and singing in German. You may not know a word that they're saying, but you can feel that there's a kindred spirit because the spirit of adoption is there. I can go to, I can go to the Marshall Islands and him, hear them singing Sam Sasser's old songs. I don't understand them, but I feel them deep inside my bones because the spirit of adoption is there. It takes commitment because there's nothing like the church. There's nothing like the church. Love the church. Speak well of the church. Bless the church. The church is God's idea. It's a divine idea. Don't get mad at the church. Don't be mad at the body of Christ. Hate the devil, but love Jesus with all your heart. You want to know how you can put up 
real good pop knot on the devil's head, love Jesus more and 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 make the devil pay for all the junk he's tried to do for you in your life. I come from the great state of Kentucky and I was born and raised in Alabama. God moved us to the state of Kentucky. The state of Kentucky is ablaze right now with awakening and revival. I could take you anywhere across the state, almost seven hours from one side to the other part of the state. Compared to Alaska, it's nothing in size. But from north to south, from east to west, revival has broken out in Kentucky. It is absolutely glorious. It is absolutely glorious. I'm working with Pastor Daniel right now to try. There's a, there's a revival that is going on in North Georgia. It's been going on in the net coming up in a few weeks. It'll be the five-year anniversary of the great baptism revival, fire on the water in North Georgia in a little town called, ba- in, in a little town called Dawsonville, Georgia. They have baptized uh, 40 or 50,000 people and seen miracles. We had the man come to our church. We had nine services. I have 37 hours of miracle footage the worst case scenarios that you could imagine, we saw them healed, miraculously healed. I was just speaking with, with uh, was, well, maybe Pat, uh, Minister Micah, that uh, we had a teacher in our school at the church that had a peanut allergy. She got in the water, got healed of her peanut al- allergy, went back to school and was eating peanut butter in front of the students that knew that she had a peanut allergy and her throat would, would swell up. She almost died. But after she was healed, she was sitting in front of her classroom and she was eating peanut butter. And all the students began to clamor and murmur. And she said, what's going on? And they thought she was trying to commit suicide in front of them. They were, they were concerned. <laughs> she didn't tell them that she was healed until after. Then she was able to preach the gospel to her whole class and tell them that Jesus healed her. You name it, I've seen it. I saw it healed in those services. And we're trying to get, uh, we're trying to find a time when we can bring Pastor Todd Smith, the pastor of that revival, up here to Wasilla, Alaska. It'll be glorious. We saw people in, in our church, in my church, in my church, the church I pastor, we put a 6,500 gallon swimming pool in the sanctuary. That'll freak some religious folks out right there. You know, Pastor, over at our church, we just kindly sprinkle. Well, over here, we don't. We got a 6,500-gallon swimming pool. That's a big swimming pool in a sanctuary. We'd baptize nine people at a time. If we baptized nine people at one time, eight of them would come up with some of the most glorious testimonies you've ever heard in your life. From deaf ears being unstopped to cancer being healed to crippling arthritis being healed to you name it. When they would be, the power of God would visit them as they were under the water. Let me tell you one as it just comes up. There was a, a man named Emery. Now he's in his 60s. When he was a young man, four men molested him sexually when he was a young, young man. They left him in the garage to die. As they were, began to leave, one of the men turned to the other, four, to the other three and said, well, if he don't die, he's going to tell on us. So they came back in the garage and they took an iron pipe and they began to beat him in the head. Dislodged his eardrums. Serious damage to Emery's head and brain. Emery came to the water got baptized. God gave him a miracle. When he went under the water, we hold people under the water for three seconds. You ever been held under the water for three seconds? It don't feel like three seconds. 
You want to make sure that whoever's baptizing you are your friends. <laughs> do you count fast or do you count slow? Well, I mean, how, how long am I going to be down there, really? Are we talking one Mississippi, two Mississippi? You know what I mean? What, what, what are we talking about? Three seconds. Three seconds don't feel like three seconds, but three seconds, just three seconds. But when Emory went under the water, the Holy Ghost said to him, in those three seconds, you have to forgive those men that molested you. So in those three seconds, Emory, in his own testimony, we have this. It's not something I'm making up. I gave him the mic, and he told this testimony at our church. Emory took the mic and said, the Holy Ghost said, you have to forgive those people that molested you. And in those three seconds, each one of those men's faces passed in front of his eyes while he's under the water for three seconds. And he said, I forgive you in Jesus' name. 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 He did all of that in those three seconds. Supernatural. He came up out of the water, darted out of the pool, went to change clothes, and went home. The next morning, Emery was out on his cell phone in the garage, and he was talking on the cell phone, and his wife looked out. Thank God for good godly wives, right? His wife looked out and said, Emery, what are you doing? He said, I'm talking to, you know, I'm talking to James on the phone. You can't talk to James on the cell phone like that. You're deaf in that ear. And that's when he went. It was the next morning that he realized his ear had popped open, that he had been healed from deafness. In but his healing came. Yeah, go ahead. Praise God, because he did that. As Benny Hinn says, I couldn't heal a, a gnat's wing. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, God, God does that. But he'd never know, he didn't even know that until his wife pointed out, you can't talk on the cell phone like that. You're deaf in that ear. And, and she said, then I thought, has he been lying to me all these years? I've been trying to tell him. <laughs> selective hearing using some terrible thing like that. God's doing miracles. Jesus is a miracle worker. In Ephesians chapter 1, let me say this, because I've been in this service right here, and tonight's service, I've been here for a week and a half, two weeks, as I've known that I was coming up here, because I've been in prayer, and I kept hearing the Holy Ghost say for me to tell you, you can do it. You can do it. I kept hearing the Holy Ghost say, tell them, you can do it. I'm talking to you as an individual. I'm talking to you as a corporate body. You can do it. Whatever God's called you to do over on the hillside, whatever God's called you to do here, you can do it. Whatever decision God's called you to make, you can do it. Whatever decision you have to make in life that you believe the Lord is dealing with you about, you can do it. You can do it. Because the good news is this. We're not left to our own power and strength. The Bible says he gives power to the faint. And to those who are weak, he increases strength. So maybe you feel like you're weak and maybe you feel like you're powerless. But at this moment, when you call upon the name of the Lord, he'll give you strength that you didn't know was available to you. You can do whatever God's called you to do. You have to get out of your own head and your own thinking to do it. And you've got to get into a place of faith in your heart to do it, to trust him, to empower you to do it. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. I said, thank God for the Holy Ghost. Jesus said he is our helper. He is our helper. You can do it, but you can't do it by yourself. You can only do it because you've got a helper. Jesus has sent somebody to empower you with God's own strength to do what he's calling you to do. So can you do it? Yes, you can. <laughs> can we build it, Bob? Yes, we can. <laughs> there's, there's the parents, grandparents. 
As Pastor Kirsten said, I've got three kids here. I got two back home with my wife. I got 10, 9, and 7 with me, and I got two and three months at home. Yeah, Lord Jesus, help us. That's right, yeah. I saw some of y'all's face grimace. You can do it because we have the power of God. Now, here it is in Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 15. This is what Paul said to the church at Ephesus. Therefore, I also, Paul being the speaker, therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Isn't that wonderful? Let me just, let me just say this. Because KC's, KC churches, K, King's churches are not like any other churches that I ever preach in. King's is a praying church. King's is a praying church. We've had the privilege of having Dr. Morocco preach for us in eastern Kentucky in the Appalachian Mountains a few times. But even when I'm in Maui, wherever I am, I know that church is praying. Wherever Kings is, most of February, I'll be in Missouri, whether in Springfield or Branson or Ozark. All of the month of March, I'll be in the islands from one island, two islands a week preaching for kings. I know everywhere I go, people are praying that the church succeeds. This verse fits for kings. Look what he said. I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. I'm always praying for you. Kings is always praying wherever they are around the world. Kings is praying whether it's in Maui or Alaska or Japan or Ozark, Springfield, wherever, wherever. Even in West Virginia, I've preached there too. I've been to more kings than James Morocco has been. Anyway, <laughs> there was a time he used to introduce me and say that. Jason's been to more of our churches than I have been. I don't think it's true now. He's traveled now. It's amazing to be a part of a church, like Paul said, that do not cease to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayer. In other words, my prayers don't cease. I don't stop praying. What's he praying? Verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand of the heavenly places. Far above. You ever shouted about far above? I mean, have you ever shouted about that? Far above. I mean, above's good, far above's better. Far above all principality, power and might and dominion, every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. I mean, we're already above all of it. And he has put all things under his feet, gave him to be the head over all things of the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. You can do it because the power of God's been paid forward towards you. The believer has within him the born-again child of God, Romans chapter 8 says, if you don't have the Spirit of Christ, you don't belong to Christ. But if you've been born again, the Spirit of God lives on the inside of you. Your body has become the temple of the Holy Ghost. The one that hovered in Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness over the face of the deep. The Spirit of God hovered over the face of the water. That same Spirit lives on the inside of you if you're born again. 
in all of his power, in all of his ability, he's in you. That ain't everybody. Y'all act like you're not convinced. God did not leave his church here to be beat up by the devil. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you believe. But let me tell you this. God does not use the devil to beat up his son's bride. The church, the church is going to Beulah land, the land of marriage. We are going to marry the son at the marriage supper of the lamb. God loves his son's bride. We are his children. And he doesn't leave the devil down here to beat you up to teach you a lesson. The devil is a lying, bloody butcher that wants to abuse you and make you think God did it. That is not God's plan for your life. The thief, John 10, 10 says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, let's make a mark in the, line, in the sand right here and let you know this. This is what the devil does. The thief comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. The devil is a bad, bad devil, but God is a good, good God. If it's bad, it's from the devil. If it's good, it's from God. When you can recognize who your enemy is, you can win the battle a whole lot faster. But the, the devil himself, Satan himself, transforms himself into an angel of light to deceive people into thinking, hey, hey, listen, if you were the devil, no matter what your husband or wife said this morning when he was getting ready for church, I don't believe you are, okay? My wife always likes, maybe she's watching, she always likes to start a fight just before the Sunday morning service. She knows this ain't news, okay, she's heard this before. She's always ironing or something. I think the iron makes her hot. I don't know what's going on. I'm like, you need to stop it, okay? You need to calm down. I have to preach. You have to lead worship. People's lives are depending on us to hear from God. Calm all the way down. It's one of my favorite phrases in my house. You need to calm all the way down right now like all the way not just to my wife I have four daughters now they need to calm all the way down you need to stop it you know what I'm talking about the devil always trying to start junk if I were the devil I would do my best to convince people that the wicked acts that I am imposing upon them actually come from God. I would, I would do my dead level best to create entire denominations and systems of thinking that would convince people that God is out to get them and to curse them. If I were the devil, that would be the perfect angle to come at it. You do all the bad and then blame God and get them to believe that he did it. It's almost like he's a deceiver and a liar. But for so many people, they believe that God's the one doing that to them. But he's not. Jesus is a good redeemer. Jesus is a healer and a deliverer. 
The devil is a bad devil, and if he can get us to believe his lies, then he can exert authority over us. If he can get us to agree with his lies, then he gets us under his deception. In the same way that if we'll believe God's word, we will come under his authority and operate in his power. If, we, if the devil can get us to agree with him, we'll come under his power, which is destructive, where if we come under the power of God by his word, it is redemptive, and God can deliver us out of the hand of the enemy. But you have to come to the place where you recognize the enemy, that the enemy, hey, God's not the only one that has a plan for you. Have you ever thought about it? God's not the only one's got a plan for you. Whoever in your family sitting next to you, they got a plan for you. The devil's got a plan for you. Your boss has a plan for you. Everybody got a plan. Everybody, everybody, there's an angle to everybody's jangle. You know what I'm talking about? There's all kinds of folks wanting stuff from you. You got to look through. You got to be able to have by the Spirit of God discernment. So that discerning of spirits, discerning of that situation, what's going on. Hey, I want to be able to look through this thing and actually see like Jesus did. What is the motivating factor behind what is going on? The Bible said when Jesus would pose a question to the Pharisees, the Bible says that they wouldn't answer him, but Jesus knew what was in man. He knew where their answers were coming from. You bunch of. Whole, a whole chapter dedicated to scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites. Cross over land and sea to make one proselyte. And once you've converted him, he's twice the son of hell that you are. In other words, you're a son of hell. And when you produce somebody else just like you, they're worse off than you are. It's in your Bible. You'll cross over land and sea and you'll put burdens upon men's shoulders heavy to be borne. But you won't lift one finger to help them bear the burden that you've put on them. That's what religion does. Jesus doesn't come to bind people down. Jesus said, hey, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If you'll come unto me, you will find rest for your soul. The devil's always trying to beat people down. Jesus always trying to lift folks up. The church has got to be an uplifter. So Paul said, I'm praying first of all, right here, right here. G Paul said, in verse number 17, I'm praying that you, God would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. You need prophetic insight of what's going on in your life. You need prophetic insight. You need to be able to see what's going on on the inside of you. You need to be able to see what's going on around you. You need to be able to see what's going on in your family's life. You can't do that in your natural life, in your natural eye. You can't just do that because of what you see. You have to have supernatural insight to what God is doing. You have to have supernatural insight to see what angle the enemy is trying to come and stop him. That's why in Ephesians chapter 6, the Bible says that uh, praying always with all prayer and supplication, Ephesians 6, 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication of the Spirit, watching there until with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. The spear of prayer in Ephesians 6, 18, the spear of prayer, because Paul enumerates all of the armor that a Roman soldier would have, but he left out he left out the lance or the spear of prayer until you see it in Ephesians 6, 18. Praying always. What is prayer? Prayer, one thing that prayer is, it is a lance. It is a spear. A spear is a long-distance weapon in the days of the Bible. It is through the spear of prayer that you deal the devil a deadly blow while he's a distance away. 
in prayer because Jesus said in John 14, Holy Spirit will show you things to come. So before the devil ever forms the attack, God will already give you an answer of how you can thwart the plan. That's good news. But you got to be a person of prayer to do that. you got to be a person given to prayer so that he can give you those insights. You have to be a person in the Word. You have to give yourself to the Word of God. You, you, have, to be, you have to be consecrated and committed to the things of God in order for those things. They don't just happen. You don't just stumble upon those things. You have to be intentional and hungry and thirsty for those things to happen in your life. Am I communicating? Does that make sense to you? If it just happened... Well, why in the world would we even be here today? We'd be out snowboarding or something. No, you've got to be hungry and thirsty. You've got you to seek for these things. You've got to search for these things. And you've got to get rid of those past nasty thoughts that are trying to bombard you and keep you down and, and convince you that you're the same thing that you've always been, even though you've been through the new birth. If you're born again, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 says, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things are become new. You cannot give in to those thoughts of inferiority like you're the same old sinner that you used to be. You are not if you're born again. He sent the spirit of his son into our spirits, crying, Abba, Father. You have passed from death to life. You have passed from darkness to light. You went from being a child of the devil to being a child of God. Don't let the devil lie to you and tell you that your past is going to... I feel that in my Holy Ghost right there. I'm telling you, you can't let the devil lie to you about that. I'm not going to finish this, so let me go here. Do you guys have the amplified version? You have the Amplified Classic, the AMPC. Do you have that? Let me read it to you. If you have your device, pick up your device right here and go to your favorite Bible app that has the Amplified Classic. Amplified Classic. They amplified the Amplified Classic and deamplified it. Don't, don't read it. They took all the amplification out. Look with me at Isaiah chapter 26. Isaiah chapter 26. I'm going to give you a second to get there because I want you to see that I'm not making this up. This is the fight. Paul wrote to Timothy and said, fight the good fight of faith. You remember that? The last part of that verse, he said, lay hold on eternal life. Lay hold on eternal life. What is the fight of faith? The fight of faith is the fight you fight to keep from fighting. By faith, you've already got the answer. You don't have to fight for it. So what's the fight? The fight is to keep from fighting. I don't have to fight for something that's already mine. All right. Isaiah chapter 26, are you there? You got your device? Isaiah chapter, I'm in the AMPC. You got you to choose the AMPC, the Amplified Classic. Here's what he says in verse number 26. Isaiah 20, 26, verse 12. Lord, you will ordain peace, God's favor and blessing, both temporal and spiritual for us. For you have also wrought in us and for us all our works. Look at this. O Lord, our God, other masters besides you have ruled over us. But we will acknowledge and mention your name only. The former, they, look at this, verse 14. They, the former tyrant masters, are dead. They shall not live and reappear. They are powerless ghosts. They shall not rise and come back. 
Therefore you have visited and made an end of them and caused every memory of them, every trace of their supremacy to perish. There are people in this room, there are people watching online that those old powerless ghosts, the voices of your past are gnawing at you and telling you you're not going to make it. I'm here to tell you the Holy Ghost sent me from eastern Kentucky to tell, tell you, you can do it. You can make it. Those powerless voices, all, that's all they are. They're just whispers of a past life that can die today in Jesus' name. Right here in this service today, wherever you're sitting, watching online, they can die. They can be visited. Look at the text. They can be visited by the Lord. Therefore, verse 14, you you have visited and made an end of them. All you need is the power of God to come upon your life and those gnawing voices that are always trying to get you to go back can die today. Every one of those lying things can die today. But it's up to you. The ball really is in your court. God can offer you, and he has. God can offer you, what is it? Galatians chapter 3 that says, hey, a son that does not recognize his sonship is no different than a slave. No different. If a son doesn't recognize that, this is what Galatians 3 says, though he be heir of the world, like Abraham, If that person does not recognize his sonship, he thinks he's just a slave. He's just bound by all the elements. He's bound by anything that happens to him. But when you become a son, you realize, whoa, sonship carries with it certain rights and privileges. Now, since I have rights and privileges, those things don't command me. But I exercise authority over them. So my emotions don't rule my life. Boy, that went over well, didn't it? Did you know almost every Pauline epistle, Paul says something about not being dominated by the rudimentary, elementary, worldly systems, one of those being your own emotions? Don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's it's amazing how quickly your emotions can change when you fill yourself with the Word of God. When you fill yourself with the Word of God and you're a prayer and you fill yourself with the Word of God, your emotions, that thing thing where it it just run off like an unbridled horse at one time, now all of a sudden, as you fill yourself with the Word of God, as you fill yourself with the Word of God and you give yourself to prayer, now the things that used to bother you, that's nothing. Because the fruit of the Spirit takes over. You yield to those things, meekness and temperance, self-control. You're like, I'm beginning to act like Jesus. This is amazing. (laughs) Everywhere I go, people say, it's just so hard to live a Christian life. No, 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 you're doing it wrong. I, to me, I mean, you may have a different idea, but to me, 
just living a Christian life, victorious Christian life, just, it's just simply yielding, just saying yes. The Holy Ghost lives on the inside of me. Just listen to Him. Just say yes to Him. Just yield to Him. Before you fly off the handle, just check the inside. Check in there where the Holy Ghost lives, and He'll say, mm-mm. You go, Whatever you have to do to not say the thing that's going to get you in trouble. Because by the words of a man's mouth, he comes to many blows, the Scripture says. Fights are started because of what you say out of your mouth. You bring many blows upon your own spiritual life. Many blows against your spiritual life can come because you say the wrong thing out of your mouth. It's all right. You don't have to say amen, but it's, it's true anyway. <laughs> by foolishly talking about everything that comes to your mind, you can bring your life where it should be a wide open space, you can funnel it down to a little, little narrow hose in your life because of your mouth or because of your mouth of believing the Word of God and speaking the Word of God out of your mouth. You can enlarge your life. So it's up to you. I'm telling you, it's up to you. Galatians 3, you can be heir of the whole world and live like a slave under elementary, rudimentary elements of the world or you can live like an heir because you recognize your sonship. The choice is yours. It, the devil can't make you do anything. God will not make you do anything. The choice is yours. You get to decide which kingdom you're going to advance today. You do. You do. And either one that you pick is readily available to supply you with all the power you need to bring it to pass. The kingdom of God can be boiled down to one word. The kingdom of darkness can be boiled down to one word. And that word is simple. Choices. What am I going to watch on TV today? Defiling vulgarity? Kingdom of darkness. That's my choice. Or I'm going to turn all that junk off and watch something that's healthy or wholesome or something like that. And I'm going to enjoy my family. Kingdom. But the choice is mine. Y'all really like that, don't you? I can tell right now. Y'all are really excited about that. The devil made me do it. Couldn't. He didn't. He didn't. Nope. God, God. This is how people God, if you don't want me to do it, stop me. He's not going to. No, we want him to. Well, he did Jonah. We're in a di different covenant. Different covenant. Different covenant. Jonah didn't have the Holy Ghost living on the inside of him like you do. The guide is in us now. Yeah. Different covenant. Better covenant. <laughs> Good. Yeah. It's the choice is yours. Whatever kingdom you decide to advance, that kingdom is ready right there with all the power. I mean, some of y'all, when y'all were hell raisers, y'all raised it good. God forbid we be part of a church that neuters the people that used to be wild for the... If you were a hell, hell raiser for Satan, you ought to come into the church. You ought to be the wildest thing, the loudest thing. If you were recruiting f folks for the bars and the pubs and the, and the parties, you ought to be recruiting people for prayer meetings. You th just take that same passion and drive that right into the kingdom of God. Somebody say amen right there. God forbid... I'm winding her down. I see the runway, okay? I see the runway. The Vassy lights are not lined up yet, but I see the runway. 
IFR is not working right now. It's cloudy down there, but I know the runway's there, so I'll land the plane soon. We'll circle a few times, but we'll come in where I land. And <laughs> I'm gonna, I, I need to say this because it just keeps coming up in my heart. This is the, I mean, come on, guys. It's, it's not just guys. It's, it's ladies, too. But if you were wild for the devil, you ought to be wild for Jesus. Don't think because you come in the church, you can't, you can't go for it. Go, go for it. Don't hang on for it, Pastor. Don't do dumb stuff, but for crying out loud, go for Jesus. I mean, go for the kingdom of God. Go for broke in the kingdom of God. Don't think because you got saved, your party days are over. No, no, no. We just switch spirit. Did you know there's, there's scriptures in your Bible that says, what was his name? Epaphroditus. Was that him who addicted his life to the ministry of the saints? It's in your Bible. He was addicted to the ministry of the saints. You get addicted to ministry, God will support your habit. You get addicted to ministry. You get addicted to ministering to the saints, to the saints, to helping the body of Christ, to doing good. One of the life-changing messages that, that Dr. Morocco preached out of the book of Psalms that says, for the sake of thy house, I will seek thy good. He will seek prosperity for the house of the Lord. Not for my house. It's not for my house. God, I want you to bless me so that I can bless the house of God. That's what I'm talking about. Get addicted to something like that. God will support your habit. He'll funnel money. Come on, Hank. Ain't that right? God will funnel money through you. You'll stand back and go, where'd all that come from? It's because God can trust you. It's because you've given yourself to him and God can trust you. God can trust you. My wife and I now, at this, at this stage in our life, five babies, we give over 30% of our income away every week with five kids. And we're going up to 60. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be at Hank's by the end of this year. We'll be giving half our income away. You know why? I'm addicted to the ministry of the saints. I'm addicted to things like this, looking out at you knowing that God has a purpose and a plan for you and that your life will never be the same because you sat in a room like this, not because I'm here, but because you sat in a room like this with the family of God and the Spirit of God was able to plant some things in your heart that you'll never be able to get rid of, that you'll never be able to shake, but it'll begin to grow on the inside of you. And when you go to bed at night, you'll think about when you get up in the morning, there it'll be, and that thing will just grow and grow and grow on the inside of you and eventually you'll say uh, Pastor Daniel we need to talk I believe the Lord's calling me into this I believe why because you were in a place like this you were in an atmosphere where the spirit of God was able to plant some things on the inside of you maybe you're in the room and you, you don't have any idea what I'm talking about because you've never been born again all of this born-again talk, all this new birth talk, you, you're like, what in the world does that mean? Here's what it means. Jesus said, a man cannot go to heaven except to be born again. John 3, 3. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom. Except a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. You cannot go to heaven apart from your new birth experience with Jesus. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, you're not going to heaven because you, you, you've been a good person. You don't go to heaven because you were christened or confirmed as a baby. It doesn't matter how many benedictions have been prayed over you. Seat nomini domini benedictum. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Jesus said, I am the way, 
I am the truth and I am the life. No man, no man, no woman comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the only way to heaven. You may say, well, that sounds narrow-minded. It may be narrow-minded, but it's right. I don't say that on the authority of Jason Ader. I say it on the authority of God's holy word that is a miraculous book that carries the power of God. You must be born again. It's the only way a person can go to heaven. God is not here today condemning you. I don't think I've said one condemning thing during this sermon. Did I? God's not trying to condemn it. Jesus said, God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him could be saved. God loves humanity and wants to redeem every one of them. But again, the ball is in our court. We can make a faith's confession of who we believe him to be, and the power of God will come to bear on our life. We can reject him and what he did on the cross, and we're on our own. And you'll try to work your way into heaven, and it just won't work. You must be born again. It's called being saved is what we call it. It's not difficult. We're not asking for blood samples. We're not asking for your bank account number. We're not asking for your credit card number. This is, all, this is what the Scripture says. Those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's what it is. It just means that out of your heart, you call upon Him in faith. Lord Jesus, I do not trust my works to get me into heaven, but I do trust yours. I don't trust my goodness to get me into heaven, but I do trust yours. My blood, y'all, I came from some scoundrels back in Alabama. I can't trust my bloodline, but I sure do trust yours, Jesus. I sure do trust your blood to get me into heaven. The good news is this. Everyone in heaven will have the same testimony. The blood of Jesus made a way for me to get there. Thank you for your blood, Lord. Thank you for your blood, Lord. So just close your eyes right where you are. Father, I thank you. Thank you for this service today. Thank you for what you're doing in Kings right here in Wasilla, here in the valley. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're doing in the hearts of people sitting in this room. Thank you right now for what you're doing in the hearts of people that are watching from around the world through the lens of that camera. Lord, you've never created a person without purpose. Every human being has purpose inherent inside of them because they are created in your likeness and after your image. And your number one purpose for all of humanity is that they be born again. For you are not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. You're bidding us to come to you. You're calling us, come. You're saying to us, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy burdened. Those trying to work their way into heaven, those working, trying to be good people, they just can't do it because sin and the sin nature is ever there weighing them down. But you're asking today, will you come, Lord? That's what you're asking. You're asking, will you come and cast that burden on me and let me give you my, my burden and my yoke, which is easy 
and light. So Holy Spirit, I trust you now to do what you do best, and that is to magnify Jesus and to reveal him to the hearts of people. We ask you to do it now in Jesus' name while your eyes are still closed. If you're in the room today and you've never made Jesus Lord, you've never been born again, maybe you've been one that's trusted in or relied upon flesh or your own way or your own goodness, but you know today, I can't get there that way. I need to be saved. You've never done it before, but you want to pray today and make Jesus Lord of your life. Would you slip your hand up right now wherever you are? I want to pray with you. I've never been saved. I want to be born again today. Is there one? I'm looking from the front to the back. Is there one? I see that hand right in the middle right there. You can put it down. Is there another that will join this one? I'm not born again. I need to be saved today. I need salvation. If, if that's you, slip your hand up. Is that a hand over there by the window? Yep, you can put it down. Thank you. Thank you. There's two. Oh, there's a third one right there. You can put your hand down. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Ushers, help me. I don't want to miss anybody. Maybe you're in the room today and you say, I'm backslidden. I'm cold. I'm lukewarm. I'm indifferent. I'm away from God. I'm a prodigal son. I'm a prodigal daughter. Thank you. You can put your hand down there in the middle. I see that. Maybe that's you. You say, I want to pray today and make sure before I leave this room that I'm right with God. If that's you, slip your hand up. I want to pray with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hands. I see hands all over the place. All right. Ushers, help me there and keep an eye on these folks because I'm going to give this altar call. I have a pretty good memory and... Uh, I'll know where you are. If you don't come, we'll come get you. Because there's a reason why you raised your hand. And we want to see you follow through. Everybody look this way in just a moment. Is this okay, Pastor Kirsten? Am I out of, am I out of line? Just stop me. If you've never been saved, if you've never been born again, now's your chance. This is it. All you have to do is believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. Those of you that raised your hand, prodigals need to come back home. Good news. Good news. He'll take you back. He's looking down the road. He sees you coming. He's running towards you right now. Here's what we're going to do in just a moment. I'm going to ask everyone to stand. When everyone stands, if you raised your hand or should have and didn't, I want you to, I want you to move out from the aisle, into the aisle from where you are, and come meet me at the front. We want to pray for you. Everyone stand here now. If you raised your hand or should have and did not, you still have a chance. Come on now. Come on to the front now. Come on. We're waiting on you. People are coming. Yeah, yeah, let them know they're making the right decision. Look here, look here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What's your name? God bless you. Good to see you this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. The best decision you've ever made in your life. Hallelujah. Everyone down front especially, I want you to pray out loud out of your own mouth so you can hear yourself with your own ears. All the congregation's going to pray with you. Everybody pray with me now. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son to the earth to die for me. Thank you, Jesus, for taking on that mission and taking on death on the cross so I could be saved. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. 
Wash me clean in your precious blood. Make me a child of God. I receive salvation from you now. I receive forgiveness of sins. I receive cleansing. And I confess that I am now born again. I'm saved. I'm a child of God. Thank you, Father, for sending the Holy Ghost into my heart. Thank you that he cries, Abba, Father, out of my spirit now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to Kings Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.